All right. Um, my name is Uluwatu Mishé Oladakpokuku, and I have with me today Praise Ogabi. How are you today? Hello. I'm really good. <laughs> I'm really, really excited to I be am, here. I'm yeah. also in your law, so praise in your law, Ogabi. Praise in your law, Gabi. Okay, and uh, it is Black History Month, as you know, and um, this year the theme is something that is very close to you and I's right, heart. Right, right, right. <laughs> and that is mental <laughs> health. Right. Uh, and of course, we are doing this uh, for the mental, uh, for an organization who has, who is on the forefront of the mental health space. Yeah. Um, and this year, they want to share stories, to raise awareness, and that's what you and I do, isn't it? That's what we do. We really want people to come to a space where mental health questions and ideas are not seen as taboo as it's taboo and you know it, it can be very mm, mm. You, you know yeah right. all right so um before we even go ahead who is praise it's for someone who's listening okay so praise is a young yeah, fairly young lady who yeah. just loves life, loves God, and wants to leave this earth empty with having made a lot of impacts, having shined brightly and just, you know, touched everywhere she can possibly touch. Uh-huh. So that's praise. Okay, what do you do? Uh, yeah, so I'm a lawyer, mm-hmm. I'm a creative, and I'm a law teacher. Ah, right. That's- a lawyer, a creative, that's, that's a lot, isn't it? Uh, you know, um, considering the space of, of managing the mental health balance mm, and right. all of these things that mm-hmm, you're doing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how does that factor? Okay, so for me, balancing my different expressions is just seamless. You know, I read a book some years back. It's called Instinct by um, T.G. Jakes. So okay. finding your core. So T.G. Jakes is also someone that's, he has a creative flair, so he does a lo- whole lot of stuff. But once you know what your expressions revolve around, which for me is my faith, it's easy for you to manage your expressions better. Once you mm. find that your your anchor, your core, mm. and that's how it works for me. Some mm. people feel when you do too many things, um, then maybe yeah, not yeah, a bit misguided or yeah, too scattered. But once yeah. you have your core strong there, then it's really not a problem. It's really not the problem. But of course, you have to also balance it. Rest, sleep, rest. Like I do seasonal sleep for a period, three months, maybe mm-hmm. work one month. That's how I like the tides of the sea, right? So that's that's it. All right. Uh, I am Uluwa Tumishi. Olada Pokuku. What am I? Who am I? Who do I? What do I do? Okay. So um, I'm a broadcaster. I'm a podcaster. I'm a writer. And um, that's basically motivating. What this has done for me and to me is to help me not just manage myself. And um, even before, even before uh, we'll get to that point, even before I got to the point that I understood that I had a mental health question to answer. Right. Right. My, what, what, what pushed me as a broadcaster when I started presenting was I wanted anyone who was listening to, um, what's the word now, 
to leave my bit, my shift, my time on earth. When you turn, when you oh, Tumishi dropped this, or right. Tumishi made me feel this, this way, way, or Tumishi, you know, it was something I wanted to do. So it affected the choice of music. Mm. I, I, it really affected my speech band. Right. Uh, when I wrote my scripts, it affected. I just wanted. I knew that I was suffering. To leave something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, I knew that I was suffering. I knew mm. that my mind was totally clogged. I mm. knew that I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. knew that my mind was clogged. I knew that I had questions to answer. Right. But I didn't know where to go. Right. I didn't know how to how? answer these things. And yeah. for me, the way to do that was to write. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The way to do that was to play the kind of musicians I believed would feed my mind and alleviate the pain mm, for mm, some mm. moment and that really endeared me to uh uh to podcast to broadcasting and then mm, now later podcasting, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right so um let's talk about the elephant in, in the, the room, room. <laughs> <laughs> can you shed some light on your diagnosis okay so for me I started presenting officially. I started presenting since I was about 17, but I, I kept it hidden. Mm. So it became, it, it went out of control at 19. And what happened at 17 was that I started to have paranoia, blackouts, and mm. stuff like that. But I felt, I didn't know what it was. So I was just a bit confused. Okay. Right. So at 19, I went berserk, kind of. I told my parents, they were not my parents. They got really worried. But I was just asking them because I wanted to be heard. We, of course, mm. it wasn't normal, but mm. they didn't want to sit me down and say, okay, why do you think we're not your parents? Why do you think, why are you saying this? You know, mm. they just bundled me down to the hospital, to the clinic first, where I was knocked out into the hospital. Like, take her, just deal with her as you will. She's not our child. She we said she, well, she's not, not our parents. Parent, yeah. We're not our parents, right? So that's how he felt. He felt like being thrown away. Mm, mm, mm. So in so what now happened after they took you to the hospital? So when I went to the hospital, I wasn't given I was given personality tests, I was given um IQ tests where I found out I was a verbal genius. Mm. I have I can't say the exact um I, I want to keep that private, yeah. Okay. So then the only thing I was told was that I'm experiencing psychosis, that which is a delusion and all. And I'm like, okay, but I didn't just want to even know. I didn't want to know what it was. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't care. Mm. I was just angry. Mm. So after so after many years, after I wrote my first book, Finding Me, My Journey to Wholeness, mm-hmm. I said I had schizophrenia. My th- my major therapist said no, it was um bipolar. The other one said it was schizoaffective disorder. My sister said, who's a pharmacist, said schizoaffective disorder different things so at this point he said it was by a borderline personality disorder you know oh, we should we should not shark with similarity <laughs> so <laughs> all right so now before i come to mind with all of this confusing or you know diagnosis what was that doing to you it's well it made me just shut down and just become someone who i wasn't so i was just robotic i didn't used to feel Mm. Yeah, that's what it made me do. I didn't feel so. I didn't have a boyfriend till I was in 500 level. I was 21. Okay, my education was pretty fast, mm. and he couldn't even reach me. He just kept trying. I said, Oga, please just find your wife front. 
aside this so <laughs> you know okay so now let's go back to your book okay right. uh, of course it was when your book came out like your everyone now started saying no mm-hmm. it's not so very mm-hmm. it's just bipolar effects with disorder it is borderline and all that what was going through your mind when you were writing our journey to wholeness finding me Mm, I was trying to find myself. I was looking for praise. That praise who I used to know as a child, who had a vivid imagination, who told a story in the bus and everybody clapped. You know, who mm. who was like a fleeting blood butterfly, who was so alive and so beautiful and colorful. I was, I was looking for her. Mm. And did that help you writing that book? Yes, it did. Yeah, yeah. It it, is it the process of writing the book? What was going on in your mind? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I, I had my creative process. I I would design the cover first, usually. But this time, I did a course on writing. Then I, I dated the book. So I started with, um, I think it was something about things fall apart or something. Yeah. So my first, yeah, my first yes. line was, um, you're not my parents. You're not my parents. Yeah, of the yes. book. So I really wanted my parents to understand that maybe... And was kind of disowning them, so <laughs> <laughs> back, back, still <laughs> okay. my back. <laughs> All right. Okay, so for me, um, I'd always said the first time, the first time I knew that the arts, and in this case, writing, was my saving grace. Right. Was my saving grace. I was six, seven. Mm. Of uh, the first, what happened to me was I was I was sexually molested at six, right. and when I reported it, the response wasn't great mm. from my parents, and that shut me down just as you did. Right. It shut me down completely. Mm. And the thing I remember to, that I did, and I can still remember, I can still see, see the notebook. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> in the notebook, I just went to but the room my brothers and I shared, and I started drawing things mm. you know and for me what that was doing was was it calming yeah. it was just calming me down it was calming me down like okay if they're not gonna hear me i i, I, I was I, I didn't write anything it was it was just sticks and, and i was making uh, like morphs could you what is that? Morse code is a language. What I don't know what. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just knew I, it was text, you know, so it, I could It's write. actually lines and dots. Uh, oh yeah. That's Morse code. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was doing. Yeah. Oh, I'll just write number seven, 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 seven. Yeah, oh, I, I could write tell. Number right. eight, 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 eight. You know, mm-hmm, I, I just mm-hmm. do that. A, a sequence. Yes, right. I just do that sequence, and that would right. you know uh, release me. And so even when anybody was shouting at me or something was coming at mm. me. I knew, as young as at that time, that I had some expression that could relieve me of the suffering. Yeah. So, that also fed my silence. Mm. <laughs> so, because, oh, nobody was going to listen yeah, to me anyway. Yeah, right. You just do yourself. Nobody was going to listen to me anyway. So, that mm. fed my silence. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I get to what you mean by when you say that, uh, you know. But for me... um. The first official diagnosis came after I'd had my second child. Mm. And that was in, I had my second child in 2011. And then I had a major meltdown in, at the middle of 2015. Wow. 
and but before then i was suffering from explosive expressions of emotions right. <laughs> and then the other part and then i'll get home and was. I, i'm i was someone else and then um i would i when i was at work i was perfect right literally perfect but people knew not to do this around me not to mm, do that around mm, me eggshells right no not necessarily eggshells they just knew that These um, were your triggers. Don't, don't put my don't pick my if i put my pen here don't, don't pick move it, it up. if i put my cds that i'm going to play mm. here please don't move it mm. please relieve me early you know mm. <laughs> if you're not going to relieve me call me mm. if you're going to be late call me. you know it was just it was just that straight jacket Principles, that i think yeah. i think i still am at some point boundaries <laughs> you know you know and then um uh, after I, I, I've always had insomnia and the reason mm-hmm. definitely was because of my early experience but after my son it became worse I would go you know I would go seven days I'm not even kidding maybe a nap a pan up there panic I wouldn't sleep and I would go to work and I'm functioning I'll get back home and I'm looking at my mm. children my eyes are you know and the high yeah. <laughs> I'm on the eye and the moment I don't have to perform or to be there for anyone I just crash mm. but this particular one that happened in 2015 I, there was nothing to uh, all the injections all the diazepams and all that in this world could not help mm. to make she come together again right and then um i i ran so many tests and then i was referred to uh i was referred to a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist literally said i was manically depressed then uh to the neuropsychiatric a hospital in Yaba and then that was when I was properly diagnosed right. with bi- bipolar affective disorder mm. and for me knowing exactly what was it Wrong. Yeah. Was what was helpful. the question was right. extremely helpful for mm. me then I could pour everything into my creativity mm. either it's playing music or it's saying something on air or writing posts on Facebook and all that yeah so, um, now you're writing. I know because I know that you've written other books, and, and I and and I love the title of the latest one. It says, "We're braver when we're children. children." Ah, that's so so beautiful. And with what you said now, um, like you wrote, finding major to wholeness, trying to find, yeah, you know, praise and Elagabi who mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who tell stories. So with we were braver as children. What do you think has happened? Okay, so I would say I've come full circle. Yeah, found me finally. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. So I'm back to the colorful praise. Yeah, it's a bit different from when I was a child because mm. of you know maturity and age. But yeah, we're well, actually just a nostalgic book about you know how there was just even with everything that went on, you just we're just still okay, right? So at least to an extent, I couldn't remember, so there was no pain. Mm. It's memories that bring pain, mm. right? So mm. I was able to adventure and explore. So that's Rebecca's children. What that's what it's about. We have uh, episodes, uh, I mean chapters, jumping rope, climbing trees. Look, mom, I've got a booboo. Those oh. are titles of my chapters. So it's so it was basically you expressing yourself as a child. As a child, yeah. Yeah. How did that feel? 
felt frame yeah. and really fun uh. and a bit painful oh right so the spectrum <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> well, for me um when I decided to write a book. I'm not even sure I decided to write that book. <laughs> the book wrote you. <laughs> I'm not sure I decided to write that book because one thing I've always been in because of the experience and uh, and we will talk about that for just a bit. Uh, for this, maybe it will help someone. Mm-hmm. For me, like I said, because I was my re- the response wasn't Great. favorable. I turned inward Mm. so i've always been very conscious and cautious with relationships with people and with myself yeah so when when it was time for me when i of course when i got into therapy uh, when i when i uh when in 2020 i attempted for the fourth time and um uh I, I was speaking with a doctor friend, Dami, you know, and I remember him saying, you have so much of expression inside of you. There's a way that you can, you know, just validly, val- you know, and I'm like, oh, like, and then I wrote the, uh, the part that I curated in the book, the stop, breathe, mm. notice, reflect, right, respond, right, and resolve, right. because that's the way I, Really is. I relate with mm. any event, mm. you know. But then a friend of mine saw it and said, No, you can't just tell people to stop breathing, notice, really and not without telling them how oh. you got there. Oh, right. Are you going to say how you got mm-hmm, there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I said to him, I'm not ready to tell that story. Yeah. I'm not ready to tell that story. And he said, Well, you don't have to tell the whole story. Mm. And I remember saying to him also that I wanted to write from a place of the heel. Yeah, not pain. I was not going to write from. I, 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 no, no, I was not going to write from a place, and then people would not leave and still feel like, oh, the world so is down, a crazy like a tragic no, story. <laughs> no, I wanted a book where I could offer help mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and also share a bit uh, into my story mm-hmm. in such a way that, like, oh, okay. It mm. is workable. It's it, it doesn't mean that it's gonna happen like that. And, thing, yeah, yeah. Yes, but and it, it was easier for me because I'd always I'd already done that on radio. Mm. I remember one of my most cherished memories of radio, most cherished memories in radio was back in two thousand and five. The the Christmas of two thousand and five. And we had Christmas specials at my radio station at the time. And before the Christmas special, so I, I had a night shift. On the night shift, I would ask people to talk. I would ask people to see this. Out, and then I would share my thoughts. I would have written my scripts and I would play music. And then we were built in a community. Mm. So on this Christmas special, this lady calls. And then she goes like, I know it is to me. I know it's um, a Christmas special, but I really need to say this. I'm like, oh, why? No, go ahead. Right. And then she goes like, the episode, the midnight shift episode, two days before that she was ready to commit suicide. Mm. And she just said, oh, Tim, she's going to come up at 10. Mm. Let me listen let me one listen. last time. Let me listen one last time. <laughs> 
and she said she had she had a rope in her mm. and that particular day just i was talking about depression mm. that wow. particular day and i had no, no idea clue. i had no idea i was even battling mm. with a mental health question right. i had no idea but that particular day and then she said to me she thank you Mm. Thank you because of your identity. That's my most cherished, cherished experience, mm. memories on on radio, and that also egged me on. And when I left radio, I left organized radio, radio, and I was going to, I, I, I was going to podcast. I'd podcasted before, but it didn't just come gel. together. It didn't come yeah. together. And then this book came out, and I knew now. We are going to talk about how to live mindfully, how to engage ourselves to manage our mental health health and to be more resilient Mm. mentally, emotionally, socially and all that. And yeah, yeah, that's what that's what writing and being a creative has done done for me. So let's move this conversation forward as somebody based in Nigeria. Can you give kind of an insight into mental health in Nigeria and and what change you'd like to see right. <laughs> that's a loaded it's a loaded question I can see your face but it's okay we can have okay. this conversation right so for <laughs> me I did have issues I won't say I did not have issues I did mm. have trauma I was abused repeatedly over a course of about 13 years but you know what I needed most was love, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which no one offered. Not my parents, not the therapists, mm-hmm. not my, sib- not my sister, but my brothers did. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was my brothers were my saving grace. Okay. Right. Okay. So mental health in Nigeria is very topsy turvy. If you ask me, for me that was my experience. It was really chaotic. It was really chaotic. There were times I go to hospital. When the first time I got two months appointment because I was doing two weeks, one month. Mm-hmm. I got downstairs and I looked up to heaven. I was like, oh God, I'm not going to come here for the next two months. God, thank you. <laughs> it was that was bad. That I hated it. Mm-hmm. Every bit of it. So what would you like to see change? I would like it to be more personalized. Mm-hmm. Not the one size fits all. Oh, she's presenting this. She must be this. No, it's sometimes someone doesn't need talk therapy. It's not every, Before you jump on medication, you should actually try to psychoanalyze lovingly. That would really help. It's not mm. everyone that reacts to just being treated like a, an object, in a, a specimen in a lab. Mm. I don't react well to it. I would literally fight you <laughs> with my eyes. Like, just yeah. because you with one kind bombastic of bombastic side eye. <laughs> bombastic side eye. All right. For me, hmm, if I'm going to talk about mental health, in Nigeria and there's no how I'm a Yoruba person I'm a Yoruba girl um, mental health questions are frowned out at every level my saving grace was so I had postnatal depression but I remember my mom. I love her to heaven. She's dead now, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember, and but I I understand where the fear was coming from. And then she will be basing me, and she'll be saying, "You know that there is no abyssinwin." And for those who are listening, who don't know mm. what abyssinwin is, abyssinwin is a uh, 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 postnatal psychosis. 
postnatal psychosis. You know that this, we don't have postnatal psychosis in no, our family. family. Right. Please pull yourself together. Mm. Please, she's saying it lovingly. Mm, I, I wish I could help myself. It was counterproductive. Yeah. I wish I could help myself, mm. mommy. I wish I could help myself. But again, I read through just a silence. This is, you know, but my serving grace was my mother-in-law right. who was in, uh, who was a medical person, mm. who was a medical lion. And she noticed it. Mm. So she started to give me tools mm-hmm, or provide mm-hmm. tools by herself mm-hmm. to to help me. So, so if, you know how it is in Nigeria now when you have a baby, the whole world wants to come see right. you. So when people are coming to the house, she'll just, she, she'll take the baby from me and say she's sleeping or she's not available or mm. she just makes me those stories ab- she yeah. made those <laughs> stories she made me unavailable yeah. to anyone to I didn't want to see stress, right. especially when I didn't have a good night mm. and it was not necessarily because the baby was crying or not I yeah. just couldn't shut down mm. you know and she didn't know exactly what it was but she knew mm. that something and there was something there, was there. Something. and that, that was my saving grace so even even after I was diagnosed and I was talking about it on radio, um, I, well, I didn't say I was diagnosed, but I was talking actively about mm. mental health questions and bringing psychiatrists on the show to talk. People were still like, why? Why are we talking <laughs> about this? But So that's the biggest question because as a people... I, I think we're more cathartic and we live vicariously, you know, through, through each us, other. Yeah. You know, so it is very easy for us to sweep under the carpet when well, someone yeah. acts out of the norm. The norm. We just quickly just sweep it under the mm-hmm, carpet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When I, okay, my first experience with or, uh, psychiatry was a private doctor. So I, did, I didn't necessarily have uh, an initial aversion to uh, how psychiatry is practiced in Nigeria. Yeah. Okay. Then I had to go to Republic. to the neuropsychiatric hospital Yaba, and I said to myself, Timmy, there's nothing wrong with you. Right. There's nothing compared to what you can see. You know, like I just said to myself, no, there's no, there's nothing wrong with mm. you. <laughs> go back. But I also knew there was something right, wrong. Right, really wrong. You know. <laughs> and eventually, of course, we know that, that we have the amenities. Yeah, right. You have to, a private clinic. Yeah, yeah and, and, you know, eventually I started against the amenity. But because I'm such a private person, mm. that really also did my so head did, in. Yeah. It did my head in that I had to do this. I had to, you know, it was... It, it, and like you said... If it were more tailored, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if it were more tailored, I thought, you know, going to the amenities, it would be more tailored. Mm-hmm. I would see the same doctors mm, every time. Every time, yeah. I would, you know, yeah. But having to tell your story over, over and over and again, over. Yeah, <laughs> over and over again to every doctor you that see, you see, yeah, very daunting, draining, yeah. very daunting and very draining. I was blessed. I was totally blessed. I when I was still using uh, 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 the neuropsychiatric hospital, yeah, but I was totally blessed. I was, <laughs> I had if I I was going every month. I think I started with every month, then every two months and all that. But it felt like God, universe, whatever knew that 
no, Tumishi was not going to survive. I almost always saw the same person. Right. <laughs> I almost always saw the same person. So, in that wise, my experience and yours are not, you know, are not totally the same. However, I understand what you're saying in the sense that I wish that we could have it more tailored. Mm. I wish that we would talk about it more mm. mm-hmm. so that we'll make it more humane. Humane, you know, make people understand that look, this thing is not so bad. It's not as it mysterious. Is a question. It's not mysterious, it's, yeah. you know. It's not as mysterious as you is as everyone is trying to make it seem. It's not as mysterious, but we can get help. Mm. Here and here and here and here is where you can get mm-hmm, help. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some people is just talk therapy they need. Mm-hmm. Some people they actually just need a psychologist. Some yeah. people need psychiatrists. They need psychoanalysis and all of mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And it's not everyone who is like you and I who um, connects, who have various expressions, expressions yeah. you know, that help alleviate and decompress the thing. So, what I would truly, truly love f- to see, hopefully, is to, of course, because it's a public hospital, it can't be too personalized. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I would love for the government to see psychiatry and even the people to see psychiatry as in mental health questions and needed answers as importantly as the see education yeah as importantly as the see oil mm-hmm. yeah you know if it's as if, if if it's giving as much Perfect. attention yeah. you know and and we stop and we truly change the way we talk with ourselves are you crazy me are you maddening and all right you know so yes yeah, so if we can be more you know mindful for mm, the for the for the for the want of a better word sorry that's the way i live now mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. intentionally intentionally feel think yeah. feel do so it it helps me in writing living mindfully journey to being um just i i wasn't looking for myself mm. you know i the, the what happened because I, I pretty much knew who i was mm. but what happened when i was writing um, living mindfully was like an instruction. This is how I found myself. Mm, this is manual. A, yeah, this is a manual. This is how I found myself. If you have questions to, maybe this can help you. Mm. You know, that 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 was how where the point of view, the perspective from which I wrote living mindfully. Yes, a bit of my story is there. It's just very scanty, extremely scanty and very, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of euphemism, (laughs) you know, you know, but, uh, but that basically, and that's was because I was I, I didn't want to tell a story mm-hmm. where uh, people that would trigger people. Mm-hmm. I'm very conscious about that. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm talking about the biggest ward, I'm talking about the BD, the suicide and um, depression. I'm very careful mm. when I'm talking about uh, when I'm writing a daily post about uh my if i had an experience and i, and I just go die with a bipolar girl i'm very careful mm. because i don't know who's reading the person does not might not even know what, what they have is, yeah you know and then i'm i'm probably describing exactly what they're going through because i'm you know and then 
so I'm extremely careful with my mm, words, and I'm I think so that's what the the arts can do. If I'm so weighing on that, I kind of take the opposite track. I mm-hmm. want people to feel something. Mm-hmm. I have I have a friend who is also a genius, but not necessarily a verbal genius. Mm-hmm. We have like it's, it's more of a technical genius, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And the only reason I was able to discover him was because you know it, it does just a way. Geniuses find each other. Yeah, right? yeah, I yeah. Just like you and I. Yeah, yeah. We just, we just, we just, it, it just yeah. it happens, yeah. right? Yeah. So I want for many geniuses don't have high emotional intelligence or even social quotient. Mm. So if I do have high emotional intelligence, though at first they thought I did not because I was just <laughs> acting drama, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. She said it's acting drama. Okay. I was acting drama, but I do have high emotional intelligence now. It wasn't at this level back then, obviously, mm. but. So when I get you to feel something, it it can heal you, mm, right? Mm, mm. So this same person has been through abuse too and repeated violence. Mm. So male or female? Male. Oh. So the only reason why he's where he is today is because of, of course, by God's grace and because of I came into his life, mm, right? Mm. So it's it's that deep. <laughs> yeah, it is that we can't never, um, you know, dismiss the the effect of mm-hmm. the traumas we can yeah. dismiss the effect of um um the abuse i was trying yeah. not i didn't want to use the word abuse right. but hey you know we can we can we cannot yes we can infamize it too much but you know we cannot de-emphasize what they do in mm. you know of course we're not saying we're not saying that everyone who is depressed or who has been was, diagnosed yeah, right. has been traumatized mm-hmm, or mm-hmm, has mm-hmm. gone through some form of abuse right, no that's right. not what we're saying but in our cases in mm-hmm, praises mm-hmm. cases in my case mm-hmm. is a fact that um well it was for me it was triggered by the abuse but yeah. now that i have taken some time to look into my family I know that is something mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm, in my family like mm-hmm. but if i had been nurtured like you said right. if i had been nurtured with love i've been nurtured mm-hmm. in the, the early times yeah. with the acceptance and all that i probably would still be bipolar right but i'll be able to navigate mm-hmm. it better, better. than right. you know, having constant psychosis and meltdowns mm-hmm. and all that yeah so as we round this off what advice can you give anybody who may be living with a mental health question um i would say i would say i'm really thinking deep because i want to (laughs) be careful (laughs) so if you are out there listening you're living with a mental illness i would say find love Mm. find love find love and love is the greatest i don't want to be too specific to faith because you know i know love is a tangible energy mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that you cannot counterfeit wow right love i'm gonna write that down love is a tangible energy that you cannot counterfeit whoa whoa Mm. Count like it's whoa. I'm just a minute silent. <laughs> I felt that, <laughs> <laughs> that love is a tangible energy that you cannot counterfeit. 
I, I hope it hits you the, mo- the way it's hitting me right now. It, like, it's really, really it's, hitting me. It's yeah. really hitting me. So it's something I've reflected on for a while. I just mm-hmm. came on. I just came together now. Now. So I'm still going to look at it. I'll, I'll say <laughs> right after that. Love is a tangible energy that you cannot counterfeit. What would I say to anyone who may be living with mental health question? And this is solely from my space mm. as a creative as and how it helped me mm. there is they say I, I don't know where i found that saying or whether it's in my head but right. shan, i know yeah, that they say that the shortest memory is on a pencil mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or whether is it it's the ink pick mm-hmm. a pen mm. whatever that question you think you have is or if you don't want to write i wish i hope you would write Pick a pen or pick pick your phone and open your note app on your phone, and whatever question it is at that moment that makes you feel like you're being overwhelmed, try to answer it by writing it. Mm. Right. It has helped me. Like, oh, why you? Why did this particular event? Offend you so much, piss you off so much to me, Shay. And I just pick a pen or my phone, depending on where, and I'm writing, okay. And then you begin, I begin to see myself open up. I begin to see myself, oh, and I begin, and and that, those words become mirrors Mm. to me. Another thing, music. Now, that part, see, listen to anything. Can we sing? (laughs) I don't know. Listen to anything you want to listen to, but be very careful Selective, yeah. what goes into, into your, your soul. soul, what goes into your mind, what mm-hmm. you're listening to, the you're lyrics right. and everything, depending on the space that you are. Mm-hmm. If, especially if you're someone like me yes. that's living with bipolar effect, yeah. bipolar 2 actually, mm. if I am. Tilt if I begin to crave that I want to listen to a certain kind of pop rock, mm. a certain kind of pop rock or a certain kind of rap, that instinctively tells me that I Where am on I, I'm very close to being mad. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and I begin to tell myself, like, if, you know, if if my writing becomes erratic, mm, if or dark, I, or dark, you know, if, if I'm, I still write with a pen, mm. of course, you should, like, I'm, I'm holding a pen now, and my lines, what you call them, Morse code, Morse codes are not aligning. Mm-hmm. I know something is happening. Off. I know my energy right. is off. So you have to be conscious of your conscious trig- of yeah. your tr- conscious of the trigger, trigger points, conscious of what can bring you out of uh, that. Right. One of the things I do, I run. Mm. I run a lot. Uh, I lift weight. Mm. But w- the one I enjoy the most, the ones I enjoy the most, is. Uh, paint by numbers mm. or just to color in uh, mandalas that's just okay frame for <laughs> me i'd say aromatherapy um just breathing in mm-hmm. lavender yeah. peppermint mm. um then candles scented candles that have been really helpful I, I, you gave me one. I already had one actually. <laughs> then, oh, I didn't know. What yeah, it was. right. It was on point. Everything was put on. Oh yeah. Then I also do um, singing. Then writing stories. I just make up stories in my head. And usually, I don't believe any stories made up. I'm writing someone's story somewhere. Ah. Oh, yeah. What? What? You're just hitting me with these <laughs> things today. 
I, I think I, I don't want to say his name, but when I, I he's going to listen to this, he says that there's no fiction anywhere. Right. <laughs> You I know, believe that somebody, strongly. Yeah, you, like, there's no fiction area. Somebody, somebody's Just leaving somebody leaving else. You, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. This was fun. Yay! This was so much fun, and thank you, uh, Maria College of Psychiatrists. Thank you, Maria College we of Psychiatrists. We are very grateful. I Thanks am Uluwatsi Yeah. Yeah. And you are praise. It is mental. Uh, it is uh, pardon me. It is uh, the Black History Month, and yep. the thing for the year is mental health and the arts. So if you think you have some expression of yourself that is artistic, or that is painting, or that is writing, or that is singing, dancing, it definitely, I know this for a fact, that it will relieve some pressure it will, trust in that me. overwhelming mind. Mm. Or overwhelmed mind. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Until next year. Yay! Be good to yourself and Be do take care of yourself. yourself. Oh yeah, be yeah. kind to yourself too. <laughs> Thank you.